Let's see if he sticks around this time. Oh, my my thing fell off the thing. I'm still going to talk, though. Uh, is he going to record these nuts? Well, we can hope. My little, my little vice grip thing fell off. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. All right, okay. Now it's not going to fall on the floor and make me cry. Do you like my little you are here thing on the map? Yeah, that's adorable. <laughs> Dude, I freaking... The more I play around with, like... Roll 20's features, the more I'm really fucking loving it. Can't say I blame you. So the real question is, do I use stone dice or do I keep the party? Ooh. I, th I mean, I think this is a pretty good inaugural time to use them. Uh... And if they're rolling shit for you, you can just swap over to a new set. It's true. I do have plenty of backups. Sean? That's my name. <clears throat> I love you. I love you too. Take your dick out. Okay. Yeah, those sound effects. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> they come with the new recording software. It strangely sounds exactly like a penis being flopped onto a table. Well, I mean, oh, Matt, uh, you need to activate Thrim's piece for my account. Way ahead of you. Oh, he's way ahead of me. Activate what? So we can move your token from oh, my browser. Gotcha. Do you have everything you need? Wait a minute. Who the fuck invited Craig? <laughs> Craig is here because I prefer his format of recording. The only reason we haven't been using him is because there's been too much Discord traffic, and I'm kind of hoping that a Sunday afternoon there's less traffic. Oh, is that what was causing the issues? Just too yeah. many people were utilizing him? Yeah, I looked into it. Discord's got way too much traffic, and the, the server for Craig just couldn't handle it, so that's why he was dipping in and out all the time. So I'm going to give him another shot, but I have another recording software going in the background that we've tested, and this time it should be recording John and I. And uh, as I spoke to John about this, this is, a, this is going to be like a rather short session, and if we lose the recording, then we'll just summarize it the next time we play and just be like, you know, we lost or whatever, because really this is down to me getting a decent computer, which is going to take a little while. But that shouldn't stop us from playing the game and having fun. A decent computer? What are you using? I am using a laptop. Okay. I'm using... Not ideal a... for running all these different programs. I get it. No, and it only has one audio in, and I... <clears throat> my new microphone uses that audio in, so it's not like I can balance things appropriately. 
John, would you like to be on camera? Sure. Okay. Sure. He don't care. I want. I want to see that floppy penis on the table. Damn. I'm not the only one with my dick out. Apparently. It, it, it's not on the table. That was actually it hitting the floor. <laughs> yep. Yeah. If you listen closely, that's even more impressive. All right. So we got us. Pretty little microphone. Look at our look at our twinning twinning microphones. Yeah. Yeah. I love that fucking hair, John. Look at that. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> <clears throat> That's so much different than the old Eminem cut you used to sport. Well, either that by the next session or the session after, probably going to be bleach blonde. Ooh. Interested. Paz, your camera's still over your girlfriend's house. Yeah, she was supposed to bring it over last night, but she didn't. What a fucking asshole. Yeah, I'm going Swiss Guard again. Ugh, fucking hell. <laughs> Alright, y'all on that roll 20? We use all on that roll 20. Turn these guys down. Okay. I want to try to lose. I am almost on that roll yeah. 20. No worries, we're not going to jump on that right away anyway. Alright, my boys. Without further ado, unless anyone has to go take a quick pee-pee thing, we can roll right into this. Roll right into this dick. Yeah, what he said. All right. I'm going to play that intro music and then go right into that beautiful bean intro. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what the fuck that is. No, never mind. It says the playlist does not exist. So. I guess we're not doing that intro. <coughs> I like that fucking one. So we'll do this one. Why does nothing ever work the way we want it to, boys? No, he's 15. Yeah, all right. <clears throat> we just left Mason's house. We haven't had a chance for a rest yet. Yep. So I'm still fucked up. Completely empty. Last session, our three adventurers delved into the mansion of Mason Verge, ankle wizard with an iron grip on the city of Tribor. They infiltrated into the mansion via a large sewer pipe that led into a grotesque torture chamber. There, along with Clint, a downtrodden victim of Mason's cruelty, the party fought a massive minotaur, guarding the bloody chamber. <coughs> the fighting alerted the other guards, adding to the frenzied melee inside the mansion. Afterwards, discovering jail cells down a dead-end hallway, a lone guard sat at a desk, a reddish tinge in his eyes. The guard began to speak just like Mason, the mad wizard taunting the party through this human puppet. <coughs> Swiftly dispatching the singular guard, they discovered a key to some doors previously found. Taking a few minutes in a pantry and sampling some delicious overworld fruit, the group found their way into a clean, ballroom-esque area of the mansion. Up ahead of them, a stairway curved upwards. Clint explained that that would be the way to Man Mason's quarters. Weary of traps, they ascended this upstairs to put an end to Mason's treacherous ways. Our invaders assembled right outside Mason's bedroom. While planning their next move, a, t a titanic hand crashed through the wooden door and encased Cuddy in its grasp. Cordell the Ogre, controlled by Mason, struck the first blow. 
A brutal encounter awaited our heroes as Mason, with his powerful spells and defensive barriers, began to assault the party. Cordell seemed to be in mortal combat with Thrym, and Cuddy had deftly wiggled out of the gigantic creature's grasp, throwing lethal daggers from afar. Clint, with a focused gaze on Mason, assaulted the disfigured caster. What seemed like an eternity later, Cordell was struck with a devastating blow from a vicious strike from Nyx's magic, causing the hulking ogre to fall, a dark weaving of what seemed like two spells simultaneously erupting from Nyx's outstretched arms. Mason's shields were constantly tested. As each separate barrier of protection was chipped away at, Mason summoned two hellhounds, which erupted from a nearby fireplace, adding more chaos to the fray. Soon after, Mason's shields began to falter. A last-ditch attempt to turn the combat in his favor was enacted, as dark necromantic energy pulsed into Cordell, and the broken body of Mason's butler rose up to fight once more. A short bloody time later, Mason's final shield was destroyed, his wand landing at Clint's feet. The Hellhounds were ushered back into whatever realm they came from, and Cordell's undead form stood still. Clint lifted Mason up by his throat and mused how he would end his life, ultimately deciding to throw him and his wand into the fire. Thrym, with compassion, put Cordell out of his misery, removing his head and taking a necklace made of bones and wearing it for himself. While Cuddy looked over the spoils of their fight, the rest of the party discovered a magic circle in the rear room of Mason's bedroom. The red runes began to glow brighter and brighter, as Nyx noticed one of the sigils belonging to House Fangrel. Everyone tried to disrupt the circle and prevent to prevent whatever it was trying to charge. Ultimately, the enchantments were too powerful. Clint exclaimed that he had a plan, and for everyone to go into the next room. From the next room over, Nyx Sermon Cuddy recognized the voice of Rain Fangrel, a powerful priestess of Lol, seeking the whereabouts of our heroes. Clint struck a deal with the Drow Priestess, and agreed to help Rain in her search. He told her that he had not seen anyone matching their description, and that he would keep an eye out. Clint later explained to the party that he would lead the Drow into a dead end in their search, his loyalty already sealed with their help in achieving vengeance for his family's death. With the death of Mason, the city of Tribor was free from the brutality that had plagued it for so many years. Our party, party exhausted from the night's activities, leave the front door of the mansion, looking upon a quiet, quiet, foggy city, the sun beginning to show signs of rising in the horizon. And that is where we left off, and where we shall begin. <clears throat> so where are we headed? Back in the town? Sorry, I have my commuted. <laughs> I mean, I was a little tongue-tied there for a moment. <laughs> Do you have a tongue? Bleh. I don't know if it's a tongue. <clears throat> okay. Well, I don't know um, you, but I have to rest. I've got nothing left in me. Same. Yeah, it was a long long hour or so. Um, let's head back to Tribor Trough. Okay. So you uh, all wearily make your way down the street uh, heading towards the middle of Tribor. Um, one thing you all are noticing, uh, there are no guards or mercenaries doing patrols. It is uh, eerily quiet for uh, now the sun is starting to rise up. Um, 
usually in your in your just a couple days of being here, you always have seen patrols of guards and and nothing to be found now. Who the fuck is everybody? Do you, think you notice? Maybe... Oh, go on. Very good. Do you, Do you think maybe some of the guards, or I mean all of the guards, were being controlled? Nobody's around at all. Well, I can only assume someone as powerful as Mason had his ways of keeping people in line. Still, it's not a very good situation for the town if there's no one here to protect it. Maybe it's not quite the best idea for us to skip town immediately. Well, I gotta go pick up my axe anyway. You gotta stay for at least that. I wouldn't mind picking up that healing necklace that we saw at the shop either. Well, I mean, at the very least, I guess we can stick around for a day or two and see what happens. It should be interesting at least. Let's at least head back and get some rest. <clears throat> I don't want to deal with anything until I've until I start feeling better. Sure. Okay, so you guys uh, make your way down to the center. Um, you're noticing straight up ahead of you with the tribor trough is you're noticing lights on inside. Um, and it looks like the door is actually open a, a little bit ajar. And you can kind of hear uh, people talking in there from the distance you're kind of approaching to the door. Um, you're hearing a lot of laughter. Um, what time is it, roughly? It is probably 6, 6.30 in the morning. Dang. I'm all for a good drink, but not this early in the morning. I mean, a good drink is a good drink any time of the day. You're not wrong. I'm not much one for drinking, so I don't really have an opinion on this. So, take a look in a window? Okay. Not that it matters. And you see it is packed with mercenaries in there. Um, they are all laughing and cheering and scarfing down food and drinking heavy amounts of alcohol. It's a regular party in there. Maybe, maybe next you should just go through the back door. Who would want to put a damper on the mood? <laughs> I appreciate your concern, Cody. Well, it's for all the other people. Although I would like to see how Zeke is doing after all this. He's probably rolling in money right now.
So I'm just going to head in. Okay. As you uh, open the door from its uh, already partially open position, uh, you, you look around and almost every single mercenary turns towards you as the door like er, opens. They all pause and stare at you. And then almost immediately, everyone holds up a cup and goes, hey, somebody rushes over to you and like grabs you, pulls you inside and then slaps you down in a seat. Where's my drink? Yeah! <laughs> and they immediately start throwing their drinks like in front of you to like offer them to you. I, I'll just start down on them one after another. Okay. Uh, you look over, you actually see Zeke and uh, Rhyme Cole talking at the bar. I'm just going to keep an eye on them. Okay. Enjoy the merry making. Okay. I'm gonna go straight over to Zeke and Ryan. Okay, as, as you guys are walking, uh, through him, you coming too? Yeah, I follow next. Okay, as you come in, one of the uh, the bigger guards, Nick's, that you had noticed, and one of the it was actually it was one of the guys uh, guarding the front, as when you guys originally came into Tribor, walks right up to you, just gives you a giant bear hug, lifts you in the air for a sec, and then places you gently back down and like brushes you off. And walks back. It walks back to the table he was sitting at. <clears throat> do I take damage from that? You do not. No. You feel the wind <laughs> kind of gusting out of you, but nothing that bad. Take five cuddling damage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thrym, you're noticing a lot of people are like lifting their cups in your direction and like nodding appreciatively towards you. What the hell happened here? Is one of those cups close to me? Uh, there there are flagons of ale and beer and uh, shit everywhere. Because if like, someone holds one up close enough to me, I'm just going to grab it from and drink it. Oh, 100%. Yep. Yeah. So as you walk by, if some guy does it, and you take it from him, and he just like laughs heartily and just reaches over and grabs a different one. You said you approach the uh, the bar, Nix. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of brushing that bear hug off of me as I walk towards the bar. Okay. So there is a a free spot now opens up. Uh, Zeke is behind the counter, and uh, Rhyme is next to the empty seat. And Rhyme looks at you dead in the eyes, and just kind of like gives you a nice curt nod and like offers for you to sit down. I'm I'm sitting. Zeke, Zeke is like awestruck. He's like staring at all of all three of you in like this almost like embarrassed reverence of you guys. Zeke. Rhyme leans over to you. It's a hell of a thing you guys just did. <clears throat> we killed a handicapped old man. Uh, yes, yeah, so a horrible, horrible person thing is, we were never really ourselves. It, it was as if this veil was lifted over us just merely a couple hours ago. And I think we all realized that he had somehow taken control of our lives and our bodies for close to a decade. 
we had barely any autonomous will, but I think we all knew it was him. Thing is, whenever we questioned it in our brains, it was just shrugged away as if it was just a passing thought. So we all just kind of went along with it, thought it was for the greater good, and as soon as it lifted from me, I looked around at the guys I was with, and they looked at me in the same way. I think we all realized that we were under control against our wills. And we also remember just visions of a fight inside of that mansion up there. And you three, and some strange guy with a cleaver was there, too. Well, mind control makes sense, given what we saw when we were in the mansion. We could see that Mason was directly controlling his guards with... <clears throat> As for the man with the cleaver, his name is Clint. You may remember him from years past. Vaguely, he kind of looked familiar, did I don't remember what he used to do in town, but I remember there being a sad tale, pardon me, of uh, some person who lost their family. I wasn't involved in, in, in that, but I had a sinking suspicion it had to do with Mason. Sad stories aside, Mason is gone. Clint assisted us, and as not necessarily a proper recompense for him. His family has been avenged, and he has decided to try to take up the mantle. Take a take Mason's place, but not in a controlling manner. Well, you you, you guys trust him, right? Kind of glance over at Thrym. And I look back at Rhyme and I'm like, trust is hard to come by, but he hasn't betrayed us yet. Alright, well maybe uh, me and a couple of the boys will go over in a couple hours up to the mansion and uh, have a chat with him. I'm sure he's looking forward to seeing you. Awesome. And Rhyme looks over at Zeke and he goes, alright, well, I'm going to go home and probably try to bang the girlfriend. She'd probably be pissed I woke her up, though, but let's see what happens. A, like, kind of, like, nods at Zeke. Zeke, like, laughs uncomfortably at that joke. And he, uh, shuffles out the door. You do notice that, uh, Rhyme didn't pay for his meal, and Zeke didn't seem to even care. Zeke, do you mind giving me a tankard of water, please? Zeke is staring at you, just very like awestruck, and all of a sudden it's just like it's as if like a, a, a douse of water went all over him. He's like, "Oh yeah, 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 no problem." Holy shit! He like walks off, brings you a cup of water, and he looks at Thrym. He goes, "What does he want?" Ask him. You speak Underdark. Nah, that's true. What do you want, big guy? Strongest ale you have. 
You got it. He like rushes off. He gets you your water real quick, and then he runs behind the door. You hear him tinkering around some stuff, and comes out with like a big flagon, a couple of flagons for you, and like knocks him down. He offers the seat that Rhyme was at for you, Thrym. I'll sit down and just start drinking them. So these guys, these guys just came in like half an hour ago. Uh, I expected, you know, to them to set fire to the whole fucking place, but, you know, holy shit, you, you guys did it. You guys fucking de you defeated Mason. He was a thorn in my spine. <laughs> so, uh, what's next? Rest. Before I can even think of anything, I need... I know Thrym here is waiting on a new blade to be manufactured for him. A blade? Oh, who did he, who did he go to? Uh, the Crossing Swords. I forget the actual name, but they had. Cro oh, the oh, you mean the coat of arms? Probably. Right, so you're looking, you're making an axe. You got you got some pretty heavy uh, shit right there. What do you need an axe for? Trophy of a kill. All right. Well, yeah, no. Feel free to grab whatever rooms you want upstairs. I don't. I don't really give a shit right now. These all these guys all paid in advance for for all the shit they're having. So, uh, it looks like I won't have to worry about really uh, losing this place anymore. That's good to hear, Zeke. I down my water, put it back on the bar, and just walk upstairs. Cuddy, what are you doing? <clears throat> I'm um, I'm uh, surrounded by a bunch of the town folk, and I'm playing that game where you stab the table between your fingers. <laughs> All right, so you're gonna continue to have some fun and merriment while uh, while Nyx takes a a very long nap. Yeah, I'm gonna look around for Thrym, see what he's doing. Okay. You see Thrym sitting at the at the bar, like quaffing down his uh, alcoholic beverages. I'm sorry, he's wetting down his beverages. He quaffs it. I thought you said queef. That's so did I. Oh yeah, he's queefing it up so hard, guys. Uh, <laughs> surprise! I'm a female stone guy. Thought <laughs> <laughs> so you were just fat. Those are real titties, huh? <laughs> You gotta come try this! This is so much fun! Alright, I'll go over. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm gonna, like, look at my hands with, like, the, the dagger, and then I'm gonna look at your hands and I'm gonna be like, um, this'll work! And I give him a short sword instead. <laughs> <laughs> come on, just keep, keep pace with me! Alright, cut cutty, roll a roll a, a D ten and if it's actually just roll a D ten. Roll a D ten. Yeah. Where are you ten? If it's odd <laughs> if it's odds, you cut yourself. If it's evens, you're fine. 
Oh, well, I got a two, so that's all right. Hey! All right. All right, Threb, <laughs> you going to participate in this? Yep. All right, roll a d10. Seven. Seven. You take one point of piercing damage as the short sword just <laughs> right into your middle finger. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> upon seeing that, I'm going to throw my dagger like up in the air above my hand. And I'm just going to point at him and just like laugh and, be like, and just like let it fall where it falls. <laughs> Roll a d10. Oh, five. <laughs> you point and laugh as you just see the tip of the dagger just sink right into your ring finger. So uh, I go from like laughing like ah to like ah ah ah. I'm gonna grab the handle of the dagger and sink it further into the table. Oh boy! That's <laughs> already pierced. You take your one pier one point of piercing damage. And your hand is now stuck to the wooden table. Yikes. <laughs> it's gonna sit there, like, try to wiggle it, but not really pull it out. The, the mercenaries have been enjoying the living shit out of this uh, spectacle. Um, then they all go silent when the dagger falls on your, middle, on your ring finger, and then he reaches over and just sinks it in. Everyone's just standing there with their mouths open, like... <laughs> And they're, like, looking to see what your reaction is, Cuddy. I'm just going to grab the nearest drink from somebody's hand and down it. And then cheer. And they go back to drinking. I don't, I don't usually drink this much in the morning. I just... Whew. How do I... And I'm just, like, this whole time I'm, like, trying to wiggle it free, but it's not coming. Help me out there. I'll just reach over with my uh, thumb and index finger and just pull it out without even trying. Tough guy. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to sneak off upstairs when Zeke's not looking because I don't have any money to pay for any of this. All right, roll, roll the stealth check. Because he wanted the fucking dagger belt and not any part of the treasure. <laughs> 14? 14? Uh, as far as you can tell, Zeke is not paying attention to anything in your general area, so you are pretty confident you got up there okay. And I'm going to slink off into one of the random rooms. Okay. Hopefully there's no one in there. I'm just not going to be discreet at all and like, barge my way through the crowd and up the stairs. Okay. You see, uh, you do no uh, notice uh, uh, Zeke is looking at you, but he just kind of, like, gives you, like, a wave as you go upstairs. Alright, with that, you gentlemen taking a, a nice eight-hour rest. Yes, sir. Alright. For once, yes. <laughs> <laughs> rest for the full eight. <laughs> All right. So uh, as you guys are, are putting your heads on your pillows or meditating in your state, whatever you guys decide to do, go in your 
in your little self-repair. You do notice a, a large amount of noise kind of emanating from the floorboards underneath you. Um, but after like an hour or so, they start fading. Um, right really as the sun's really starting to kind of come through the blinds a little bit. Um, and then naturally you guys just all zonk out um, for a very large amount of time. So you guys with uh, probably... Uh, Nix and Cuddy, you both kind of right around like two in the afternoon, you just kind of like wake up and realize that the uh, the, the bright bright sun of the day is kind of beaming in the window in the back and um, there's not a lot of noise coming from downstairs but you can hear like, you know, plates being clattered and a little bit of chatting from a couple people, but you guys feel much better from the previous night God <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do that again. I need to save at least some of my energy in case one of you fuckers decides to go after me. I don't even know what room I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> you're not in a room. Comes out, turns out you're in the fucking broom closet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh look, more wooden sticks. I'm home. Look at those small boners. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, then Thrym, you slowly, probably 15 minutes or so later, you just groggily get back up. Uh, you of all the people have taken uh, a hell of a beating the night before. <laughs> yeah. But you, you feel sore, but you feel like you could pretty much take on the world at this point. Man. So that was yeah, that was rough. That was rough. <laughs> yeah, you were beat up. I was just It's like I took the SATs four times in a row. Yeah, I added all that up and throughout those battles I lost sixty seven points. <laughs> Holy shit. Nice, nice. I lost four. <laughs> I was down three, but I'm pretty sure I lost more than that and healed up at one point. Pretty sure I used a healing word on myself to get myself back up, but yeah, I was only down three. So I'm, I'm just really good at running away. <laughs> True. Ah, <laughs> the weirdest dream last night. I don't ever dream, but I could have swore. The Thrym stabbed me through the hand. Technically, you stabbed yourself, and, and I just helped it along a little bit. What? Look at your hand, Cuddy. Uh, just a couple marks. It's not a big deal. It doesn't hurt. Huh. Interesting. <clears throat> All I can think of is Iron Man with his nano tech. <laughs> it's kind of melts back in. Seems appropriate. <laughs> you are made of magic boners. Mm -hmm. Yep. The highest grade boners. <laughs> <laughs> magic boners. Alright, what are you boys doing? 
I'm going to go downstairs and ask Zeke for some fruit. Some fruit? Did drows did, did even eat fruit? That doesn't seem like something that you normally have in your diet. It might give you the shits. Does this sound like something you should be questioning? Um, I, I, I don't suppose so, but okay. I think I got some, uh, I think I got some grapes and a couple apples from, uh, from, uh, from down the, down the street. You want, want those? Those are, just bring them here. All right, okay, cool. Just, just stomping down the, the stairs. Yeah, Zeke, you, you better listen, because that guy will kill you. Oh, shit! <laughs> he, like, zooms off into the room. <laughs> He rushes back. A couple of the apples fall onto the floor. But he's got a nice big bowl of fruit, apples. There, there are a couple bananas in there, and it looks like a, a large amount of grapes. Uh, a couple. Uh, you got the white grapes, and you got like the the purple red grapes as well. Yeah, don't care what it is. I'm gonna just keep eating it, pits and all. Yeah, I'm gonna grab one of the the like bunches of grapes as I walk by and find a table. As he reaches into my bowl of fruit, I shocking grasp him. Fuck you, this is mine. <laughs> I I don't know if 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 I'm gonna let that happen. Alright, what is uh what's shocking grasp? That's a touch attack, obviously. A touched cantrip. Spell melee spell attack. Alright, go ahead. <laughs> 18. Ty. Psych. Ty? No. <laughs> I just wanted to see his face. No, I'm 15. <laughs> Alright, 1d8. Hit me with the damage. <laughs> you guys are so abusive to each other. Five points of lightning damage. <laughs> and you can't right. make any actions until the start of his next turn. <laughs> I'll take uh, I'll take that for half, please. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do, do I round up or down? Uh you would round for for damage. You would round up. Okay, so three. <laughs> hey man, I just wanted some grapes. So I'm I'm gonna walk up behind Cuddy and like put my hand on her shoulder and I, you all right, bud? As you do, as you put your hand on him, it was right after. You just feel like this, like static electricity, like thrum into your hand from the residual electric damage. And then, as soon as I ask him if he's all right, I'm gonna hit him with shock and grasp. <laughs> all right, really a spell attack. Need <laughs> that uh, sixteen. <laughs> Four points of lightning damage. Wait, oh, three points. My bad. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just gonna drop to the floor. <laughs> Zeke, is this not? giving you guys eye contact at this point. <laughs> he walks in the back and he 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 looks like he was already prepared for Thrym. He comes out with a, a couple of uh like sl like sl large slices of meat and some small very small slices of meat all cooked and ready to go and he like hands the platter up on the uh counter for you Thrym. He points like, "Hey, this is the uh this is the rabbit you gave me." 
so I'm just going to start eating it. Okay. I'm entirely focused on my bowl of fruit. Cuddy, you still laid on the floor? Yep. I'm just gonna just, glance just back my breath. at like, I'm just gonna glance back at Cuddy and be like, you know, you should practice some manners. <laughs> I thought we were friends. We are friends. But uh, you should really practice your manners. Don't just take food from people. Okay. Well... Um, you piece of shit, give me a grape. I whip a banana at his head because I don't know what a grape is. <laughs> Works every time. <laughs> <laughs> so Zeke comes back over after you guys uh, look like you are no longer fighting like the Three Stooges. And... <laughs> So what's 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 next for you guys? Well, I'd like to go talk to the elven asshole at whatever the hell shop that was. He had a few trinkets I was interested in. Oh, is that the? Uh... I think that was the, the the rusty coin. I think I recommended that the other day. Yeah. What is it about that owner? He seems full of himself. He's, well, you, you don't really hang around a lot of elves, do you? I kind of just glanced out in my body and I'm like, I don't know, do I? No, no, you don't. But anyway, they, uh, they, they a lot of the, the closer you get to the, uh, coast, you'll realize they, they, uh, they, they, they kind of look down upon a lot of the other, uh, a lot of the other races. A little bit of a holier than thou concept. I'm gonna. So Whisper to Zeke, it's okay. You could tell him that he's an elf. He pretty much is. I mean, look at him. Yeah, but he, he electrocutes people. I ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Go play up in your room, please. Thank you. I imagine my passive perception is high enough that I heard that conversation. Oh, you 100% heard that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't trying to actually be secret. It was a stage whisper. <laughs> hey, guess what? <laughs> He's an elf. He's just black. <laughs> All right. So where do you guys where do you guys want to go first? I want to finish my fucking fruit bowl. Just seductively eating those apples. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just letting the juice drip down my face. This is how you're supposed to eat these, right? What? This is how you're supposed to eat these, right? Yeah, I'm just making an absolute mess of myself and then sticky. I'm using prestidigitation to clean it off. So, like, it's a bite clean, bite clean, because I'm neurotic like that. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Because I never gave Cuddy his dagger back last night. I've finished eating, and I'm using it to... What? Sorry, you cut out. I said, because I never gave Cuddy his dagger back last night, I've finished eating, and I'm using his dagger to pick my teeth. Ooh. Sanitary. Love I don't want that. 
You can keep that therm. It looks it looks good on you. I wasn't planning on giving it back. <laughs> you guys attack me and then you steal my goods. Next time you don't want to make a staff out of me. At that I'll pull out a short sword and hand it back to him. Martha! <laughs> this is my good sword. You kill me, dude. So where, so where should we? Bowl of fruit. I'm gonna start heading to the rusty coin. Sure. Yeah, you boys can join me if you'd like. Yeah, I'll go with you. Pretty much all fruit does is follow you around. <laughs> So, so where should we um, where should we head after all this? Who was that cutting? Where do you guys think we should head after all this? I believe our next destination was Long Saddle. We have some uh, investigating into your origins, don't we? Oh, I thought maybe. Maybe you just wanted to get to the mountain ASAP. As soon as possible for you under dark dwellers. I have a feeling that our trek to the mountaintop is going to be a bit more arduous than what we've dealt with so far. And I wanted to speak with the mages at Long Saddle and see if I can insight into any natural or unnatural effects that we may encounter. Right, right, yes, yes. Preparation is the most important step to adventuring, of, of course. How could I forget? Was that sarcasm? I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention. So as you guys are, are walking through the street, you guys are heading to the Rusty Coin first, you said? Okay, so as you guys are heading there, uh, a lot of the, the mercenaries you've seen, a lot of them aren't, like, there's a lot of big beefy dudes now, uh, but some of them are wearing, like, basic outfits now. You guys are, so you're seeing all the, like, the, the very large men wearing, like, these, like, heavy splint mail armors and carrying weapons. Uh, none of them are doing that anymore. A couple of them are actually like holding hands with uh, ladies, and a couple of them are walking with their families. Um, almost every single one of them are recognizing you guys and like either waving to you or doing like very curt nods. Uh, you guys seem to be uh, quite popular in the city now. And you guys are sorry. I think we'll end up getting a discount at the rusty coin. Don't you already have one? More discount. Oh. Right. <laughs> Maybe. As you guys turn uh, turn down one of the streets, the, the street that the rusty coin is located on, um, Cuddy, you actually uh, notice uh, a... Um, uh, a shape following behind you as you guys are turning the corner. 
A shape? A shape. You just okay. see it, you've seen it like dip around the corner right as you guys go around the corner to the left as well. Um, but it's at your peripheral currently. But you notice something seems to have like zipped around the corner. Huh. Anybody notice that? Notice what? I can't really look up. It's a little bright out. Nothing. Never mind. It's not important. Why do you even want to go back to this this store? He has a necklace that could save one of our lives one day. You didn't want it last night? Do you want it now? Couldn't afford it last night. And now that we killed Mason and raided the oddly placed treasure chest at the foot of his bed, I've got some money to spend. You make it fun of where I put that treasure chest. A little bit. <laughs> Let it why you have to having to like rip open like pillows to find the gold. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a shoebox under his bed with his Playboys. <laughs> this, with his elf nudie magazines. Uh, nudie magazine day. So as you kind of as you kind of sense that cutty, uh, roll me a perception check. I percept at a eighteen. Eighteen. Uh, you notice almost immediately behind you, as if to avoid being seen by you. You swiftly turn around, and there is a smallish golden retriever sniffing at your leg. No, 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 no! I know where this is going. Get away from me! <laughs> the dog recoils immediately, but then begins wagging his tail at you. I've drawn my sword, and I'm like, Cuddy, is this a threat? <laughs> you, no, you, you hold up the sword, and the dog like does. He like bows down as if he's expecting to like play fetch with your sword. No, 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 no! It's just it's it's this weird thing. The dogs like to come up to me and pee on my legs. I don't know. I don't get it. But it's not happening. What do you want, dog? What do you want? Dog looks over at you and just begins to like pant and like rough at you a little bit. Does anybody speak beast? I'll uh, I'll crouch down and offer my hand. Okay. And he just sniffs very vigorously at your hand. Um, doesn't lick you, um, but just seems to avoid like the metal parts, but seems to be sniffing at the at the wood portions of your hand. Well, you know I'm going to pet him. Oh, yeah. If I didn't give you the option, people would be rioting about that. So you, you pet the... It's a very short-haired golden retriever. Very look, It looks super clean. Um, doesn't have a collar or any sort of identif- identification on it. Um, it looks a little on the chunky side of being a small dog. Like, it's definitely eaten its fair share of uh, random shit behind houses. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Do I have a magic sense about this? Oh, uh, no, would you? Would you want to examine it? Yeah. 
Okay, uh, so from like a magic point of view? Yeah, I, I kind of want to do an arcana check. Okay. All right, roll me an arcana check. I, I kind of want to see if this is someone using polymorph or alter self or something. 21. 21. There's something strange. You're getting some sort of almost like a feedback kind of trying to, you know, in a way detect magic, but not detecting magic in the direction of the dog. You're almost getting a weird little amount of feedback from it. Like if I think my name in my head, I'm here. Yeah, it's like a little bit of a of, a, of an echo with that. Like your like the like your like your ability to sense magic is being like almost like buffered off of the dog a little bit. Can I get down on my knees and just kind of stare into the dog's eyes and see if I notice it strange? Yeah. So as as you bend down to do that, um, the dog kind of takes his attention away from Cuddy. Um, and just kind of, kind of looks at you, and then as you get really close, the dog, like, leans in and, like, licks your face. I kind of jump back, wiping it off from my face. I'm like, what the hell was that? You are noticing, but now that you've gotten that close, uh, you really hadn't paid too much attention to it before, besides its very, you know, hairy body and a creature you probably have never seen before. Its eyes are purple. Do I suspect Fey ancestry? Um. Do you? Fey ancestry. Like you. Kind of answer I'm yourself, right? Is this a familiar? Are we being spied on by someone's familiar? Um, you you can sense that there is something off about this dog. Um, but you're not you're not getting the same impression that you got from the red eyes of uh, Mason's goons. Like you don't know what a dog re reacts like, but um, Cuddy seems to be pretty normally normal with the reactions of the dog, versus obviously Mason, kind of like marionette controlled his guard. Right, but in my studies at Sorcera, I would be familiar with familiars and how they act and react when by you know under the commands of their masters. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering if I would recognize this creature, regardless of what it is. If I would recognize this creature's behavior as that of, as that of a familiar. <clears throat> um, I'm smiling because of an unrelative thing here. Don't 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 take my smile or something with that. No, um, I can smile. That's fine. <laughs> the you're, yeah, you're you're you you understand that. Um, you don't know enough about this animal. Um, the the animals you're used to are you know like bats. And the occasional rare, like, bird that someone's brought down, uh, lizards and stuff like that. And then you go into having, like, the, like, you know, imps and quasits that a lot of the, you know, some casters would have as familiars. Um, you don't know if this dog would be considered a familiar for the overworld, but obviously you have that suspicion. And obviously there's something weird magically with this dog, but... That's about really all you'd get from that. I'm just going to look at the dog because I still have no fucking clue what it is. And <clears throat> I'm going to look at the dog and say, take me to your master. Uh, the dog just kind of like cocks its head like dogs do when they're really trying to listen. 
and then immediately goes back to sniffing on Cuddy's leg. Well, I've got no fucking clue what this is. It, it's a dog. He's just a cute it's... little fluffy guy, aren't you? Huh? Yeah, who are you? The dog really oh, responds. It really responds well to being cuddled like that. Do they taste good? No. Awful. The most terrible thing that you've ever tasted in your entire life. I wouldn't even risk it. It'll ruin your your taste palate for the rest of your life. I kind of want to try it anyway. This <laughs> is a man who ate a tiefling and a dwarf. Yeah. And the insides of a giant mantis. If you eat this dog, I will murder you in your sleep. And then I'll kill myself. <laughs> Like a win-win to me. Yeah, this is uh, this is becoming a great great day. Right, so, you guys are making your way to the rusty coin now. I don't know. I feel like our campaign is about to end. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a lonely journey for next suicide, and I'm just going to kind of wander off into the wilderness, not knowing how to deal with the overworld. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you guys make your way, uh, Cuddy, you are definitely being followed by this uh, golden retriever. So it's probably you guys, yeah, it's, it's closer to like 2.15, 2.30 in the afternoon at this point. Uh, the sun's beating down on you two pretty, pretty hard. Um, I'm, kind of up. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. covering as best I can. For sure. Uh, you guys make it over to the rusty coin and you uh, pop open the door and you see uh, the same uh, elf behind the counter, uh, and he he looks up as uh, you you kind of barge right in. He goes, "Oh, wonderful! You're 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 back. Are you here to purchase something or what?" Yeah, actually, I I need your services. What's up with this dog? And I just like hold him outstretched with my hands underneath his armpits. Oh, that that's a disgusting little dog. What of it? He's special, though. Can't you tell? Uh, I can't tell. No. Oh. If if can you please can you please get that out before it shits on my floor? All right, all right. I walk out the front door with the dog. Heaven's sake, you people! So what? Uh, what, what can I do for you? Uh, let's make this quick. Why are you in a rush? Have more items to identify. Um. Quite possibly, but uh, you're here to uh, to peruse the objects from yesterday. I haven't gotten anything new in stock. <clears throat> I'd like to take a closer look at that necklace. Oh, that one. He reaches behind and he pulls that back out onto the counter and just puts it right out for you to, to view. Can you remind me on the stats on that? Uh, it is called the Necklace of Wound Closure. Um, One-time use only when you uh, go to zero hit points and you go to do uh, death saving throws. Um, you can uh, use it as a, as a uh, bonus action or a free action. Whatever happens first essentially just triggers as soon as it happens. Causes you to stabilize at the beginning of your next turn. So you don't have to roll a death saving throw. So I remain at zero, but I'm stable until you. Mm-hmm. And what was your asking price for that? Please keep in mind that we just freed your entire... 
tyrannical leader. Oh, do I? What do you mean? We killed Mason last night. Oh. Oh, oh dear. Really? Yes. Ah, oh, that's a that's a shame. Mason, uh, help me get some of the uh, objects that you see here actually uh, into town from uh, from Neverwinter. Uh, now I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Maybe you'll start making the trip yourself. Spend the time learning how to identify. Oh, I would love to. He says with like this seething glare. He's like, yes, yes, I will still honor what I said last time. I can give this away for 360. I had a very long night. And I'm sorry that it's going to disrupt your... But... You're just going to have to find new ways to bring items into the store. Now, whether or not he helped you bring in items, he was a tyrant. He was oh, that I won't disagree with. He was Thing is, he was he he was a profitable tyrant. <clears throat> I'm sure he was. Now, my patience has already run very thin with you and your attitude towards me and my compatriots. Ah, uh, your voice quality is doing something funky there. Am I flickering or what? Oh, there you go. Yeah, it sounded like really hollow all of a sudden. No, that might have just been a Discord thing. My bad. What did you last year? Uh, just uh, the point I talked and then your voice went a little haywire. I had a very long night. We had a very long night killing that man. And since we've been into town, visited your shop last yesterday, I have not much appreciated your attitude towards us. Now, I know I may not threaten you very much. I may not intimidate you. But my friend over here, as I gestured it through him, <clears throat> he has far less patience than I do. I'm willing to buy this necklace from you and not give you any more trouble at the cost of 300 gold, considering I identified it. And me, I and my compatriots killed Mason. I don't give a flying fuck about your profits. I don't give a flying fuck about how you get your items in the store. This is your business to run and you'll have to figure out another method. If you'd like to make this sale, Gladly purchase that necklace for 300 gold and be on my way. But if you continue giving me that attitude, I don't know that I'll be able to stop my friend here from putting his hammer through your chest. He like glances over at your very large friend. Uh, roll me an intimidation check with advantage. Nineteen. Nineteen. It's fine, fine, very well, very well. Three hundred, three hundred. And at this point, he's not even eye contacting you. 
He's like he's like shoving the necklace like towards you at this point. I'm gonna lean down to Nyx and say, I want the bag. And what of the bag? What's your asking price on that? And please think carefully. I'd uh before three three ten, but fine, three hundred for that as well. Three hundred. Three hundred. Is three hundred acceptable for him? Yeah, I agree. We'll take that as well. Okay. With that, he just takes the bag and kind of just slings it across the table. I appreciate your business. We'll be on our way. And please, be more polite to your customers. Yeah. Sully, like, turns to you. He goes, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Best I can do. What do we call that necklace? Uh, the necklace of wound closure. Let's look at the. It's, I think that's an official item, but I don't think that is an attuned item. I should hope not if it's single use. What's oh, a one? Da, da, da. Oh fuck off! <laughs> All right, computer's halfway across the table, and I gotta type this shit in. Wound. It does say it requires attunement, but we'll, we'll look into this later on. Because something, something like that, I, I I personally don't think it should require attunement, but... I mean, if it's attunement, wouldn't it be, like, once a day use, at least? Not single, that it breaks? I want to attune to something that's going to break over one. Well, that, that's, that's pretty common for, like, low-grade enchantments. Is once it's used, they get destroyed. You're all yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm pretty sure you're talking meta, not in character. Yeah. Still, you're outside with a dog. Shut up. <laughs> you're having the time of your life with a cute little dog. And you've got the bag of holding. Yep. And you're down 300. Yep. Alright. I'm gonna try and get the dog in the bag. Come here, boy. So we've left the store. Poor dog's gonna suffocate there. Holy shit. <laughs> um, okay, and uh, you were going over to the coat of arms there, Thram? Yep. Cool. So that's uh, that's a couple streets down. Um, you guys are making your way there? Yeah, at this point I'm following Thram. Okay. Cuddy, you're following behind, cautiously guarding that dog. Yep. Okay. <laughs> hand on one of my daggers <laughs> in the, uh, the belt loops. Okay. Um, as you guys uh, to go around another bend to the right to go on to another street that you guys kind of recognize as where the coat of arms was, uh, you get to the front of the building and you happen to notice uh, the windows are shattered. Should we do that? Do we right here. Door? Sorry? You open Can the door? The building? Do you what? I'm sorry you cut out. <laughs> Do we recognize the building? Ah, uh, yes, that it is the coat of arms. Fuck me. <clears throat> no. <laughs> Gonna take 
out my Warhammer. Mage armor. Okay. Alright, as you walk through the door, you open the door and it's it's you pull it out. Uh, Thrym, you notice all over the inside of the door immediately is a lot of tiny metal shrapnel like embedded in the wooden door. Uh, you go to glance around and you notice a uh, rather eerie scene that almost a lot of the different glass and um, furniture, the, the ceiling even, are kind of coated in tiny little metal shrapnel pieces that are dug into it. And they all seem to stem from behind the counter. <laughs> These pieces of shrapnel wouldn't be glowing, are they? Uh, they are not glowing. Thank God. <laughs> what was the purveyor's name? Uh, Winston Slate. Winston! You alive? Oh! Who? Oh God! Who's there? Nix. Uh, but behind the counter! Come, come, come on, come on! I'm, I'm right behind the counter. I, I must have passed out. I'm gonna rush back there with my sword. Okay, you, you, you look over the counter, and you see Winston is lying on the floor. Um, it looks like he's got metal shrapnel on his body. Uh, minor bleeding on them. It doesn't look like, he's, like there's no pool of blood or anything like that. It just looks like it fucking hurts. And wrapped around both of his legs is one of the chains. Trim, what did you do? I've, I've been uh, I've been here all night. I haven't been able to. I, I the, the the shock must have knocked me out. And uh, no no one's really come in to friggin' see what was going on. The the red bastards and he starts shouting towards the windows because I can't, I can't get these off I don't know what the hell to do kind of lean down and see if this what's going on with the chains uh it is definitely one of the chains that belong to the drider um it's about five feet in length and it's it's holding his legs completely like tight closed and they're just they're, there's no blades or anything. It's just that the one chain is wrapped around his legs, essentially holding him in place. What were you doing when this happened? Oh, this is uh this is last night after you guys dropped that stuff off. I uh I went to go play around with this a little bit and uh see I wanted to take off the blade from the chain, so I started with that. So I took a little a little pick and my my little hammer, and right as I was starting to do that, all of a sudden. Both those things started glowing, and then they just exploded. And I look over, and one of the chains are around my legs. And that's when I passed out. What exploded? The blades? Yeah. The, 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 that chain, or the chain that's not here anymore exploded, and the two blades that were attached to the chains. Without touching it, can I investigate the chain? Yeah, you sure can. Yeah, roll me that beautiful Arcana check. Arcana? Ten. Ten. Uh, they are giving off a pretty decent aura of magic uh, that you really weren't getting before from the from the chains themselves. 
and you definitely can tell that some sort of magic is holding the chains taut to his legs. I don't have dispel or anything. Fuck. I would, since it is technically a magic item, I would allow you to uh, take time to identify what it is, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the time to identify. Okay, so as Nyx kind of gingerly like places his hands on uh, Winston's legs to kind of get a better look at it, uh, Cuddy, what are you doing as this is happening? I'm, I mean, I'm just watching, but I'm like crouched down with my hand on the dog's head, still scratching. Okay. And the dog is pretty mesmerized by you doing that. Like, it's it's just kind of looking around all happy as can be while you're scratching it. Like, hey, hey Nix, do something about that. Get I'm that working. off him. I'm working on it. And Thrym, as uh, Nix is identifying, what are you doing? I'm just looking really dejected because I'm not going to, like, blades are destroyed. <laughs> All right, so Nix takes uh, takes about three or four minutes for you to kind of pierce into the the general aura of what this is. And you, you get a definite general grasp. And you're actually kind of banking into your knowledge of the Underdark with this as well, considering it's uh, a weapon that kind of goes hand in hand with Driders and, you know, just the Drow society. Um, and you identify this as a five-foot chain of Titan grip. And you know by um, speaking a certain phrase, uh, you could, someone could get them to loosen and tighten uh, with an action. Okay. Do I know what that phrase is? Uh, after another minute of kind of just searching and kind of really picking in the weird, obscure thoughts of your brain, uh, you do uh, believe the phrase Golat would do that. You're going to make me speak weird words, aren't you? I'm going to make you all speak weird <clears throat> fucking words. Alright, so I'll, I'll look down. I'm not going to touch the chain, but I'm going to focus entirely on it. I'm just going to say Golat. And with that, the chains immediately go slack, and Bolvar immediately starts, like, crying as like the blood is now rushing back into his legs oh, <clears throat> thank you thank you so much uh he looks over i'm sorry big guy about that but uh there must have been some sort of weird countermeasure on those weird fucking blades you brought me my bad he says he's sorry well you know looks like uh i just gotta pick some shit off the walls and get some new windows but uh do you I don't know if you could do anything with the chain, but it's all yours. That's a five-foot chain of tightening. Five-foot chain of Titan grip. Yeah. <clears throat> Throw him. There you go. I'll teach you the words to use it later. Yeah, yeah. What did you say? Was that Gorlami? Do I know what the word to activate them is? Um, the it, usually when it comes to oh, what the fuck did I just do to that? Um, when it comes to magic spells, usually the words don't have a meaning as much as they're just essentially because you wouldn't want to just say a regular word and cause a magic item to like, you know, activate. <laughs> so usually they're made up words. Um, but it's it definitely sounds 
uh, Drow of Origin. No, no, no. Do I know what word activates that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Golat will it's activate it. Word. Turns it on and off, same word. Ah, uh, yes. It does not need to be attuned. Um... So, the description of it, as an action, uh, you lace the chains around an object. The person who's wielding it has to be the one to give the word for it. As an action, you lace the chains around an object by speaking the phrase Golat. They tightly grip around the object and will not loosen. Speaking the phrase again as a swift action causes them to go slack. If applied to a living creature, they must make a DC 13 acrobatics or athletics check or become grappled. At the end of the creature's next turn, they may attempt to break the grapple again. It's essentially, you get to make a grapple check with it without having to do a check yourself. They just, because normally with a grapple, the person grappling has to make a strength, and the other person has to make uh, a DC acrobatics or athletics. Um, this chain's going to make it so you don't have to do a strength check for it. Does it consume an action or a bonus action? To it would be an action to activate it, yes. Okay. So I've handed that off to because he's usually in close combat. <clears throat> No use to me. It was his chain to begin with. Well, I can only imagine your blades are long gone. Do you have any interest in something else in the shop? No, I'm good. Winston, do you have anything hiding in another lead box? Uh, I'm, I'm afraid not. It was just the uh, that, that dagger that you purchased off me last time. This is the most exciting thing that's come into my shop since, well, a couple years now. And, uh, it's kind of all over the walls. Well, yeah. Sorry about your shop. I'll just, <clears throat> I'll hand him, like, 20 gold for repairs. Okay. That's, uh, <laughs> that's very kind of you. Thank you. R repairs and if it's more than enough and we can recompense it yeah no it's, uh, it's this you know I should have realized something uh, something like this would have had some sort of weird fucking cursor enchantment on it so uh, you know that, that's my stupid fault for not really taking it a little bit more seriously than I should but you know it is what it is I mean I'm not fucking dead you know I got a couple little scrapes and bruises but you know luckily the shit I sell is mostly metal, so I don't have to worry about that. But yeah, no, if you guys uh, are ever in the area again, please uh, please stop on by. Hey, what's oh, dog? Have you seen this dog before? Uh, no, I know uh, some old lady down the street lives from me, uh, has a has a brown one, but not that, not that color. I want to okay. study the uh, metal shards on the ceiling and see if I can sense any magic coming. Uh, you taking a look at them, you know, I'm sure you you probably would have already picked one off the floor as you came in, or the door. Um, as far as you can tell, there's there's nothing special about them. They're not giving off any uh, magical or as far as you can tell, they're just a really good quality steel. <clears throat> Damn it. <laughs> How much for the dryer? <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of toss the piece I picked up down. 
So uh, Winston begins to just kind of sweep up a little bit. He's like, you guys have a good day. Take care. He's like limping along a little bit, sweeping up. At least I still got the chain, right? Yeah. Did you want to talk to, uh, what's-her-face Moonbeam about attaching the tiefling skin to your own? She thought it was a probably a better idea to do it in Hawk Saddle. Huh. After what just happened with the blades, I think I should take that advice. <clears throat> you don't want to kill a little old lady? <laughs> no, I don't want to waste my skin. Ah. Oh, that's the important part. Makes sense. Bunch of amateurs around here, anyways. Except for Zeke. <coughs> that guy is fucking. That guy's. He'll cut, he'll cut you. He's a real one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he piss himself. So where does the day take you? It's probably 2.45, 3 o'clock or so at this point. Is this dog still following us? A dog is still following you. Uh, okay, as we're walking around, I'm just going to see if I can find a bush or a tree to pull a stick off of. Okay, yeah, there's a couple little, like, park areas you, you come across as, you, as you're leaving, um... As you're leaving the the coat of arms, so you're yeah you're able to get a a stick or a branch or whatever you're looking for. All right, I'm gonna yeet that stick. Okay. It, and then hide. All right. <laughs> what are you two gentlemen doing while he's doing this? <laughs> Can I still see Cuddy? Uh, Cuddy, roll a stealth check. I mean, I mean, if you were watching me, you wouldn't need me to do it. That's that's true, yeah. Well, more for the dog. All right, let's see. What do we got? We've got an 18. 18. So you yeet that stick down the street. You kind of, like, jump behind, like, a corner and hide behind, like, a, what looks like a little, like, trash bin right on the corner. And uh, the other two gentlemen see the dog rush back to where you are, kind of at that intersection and kind of sniff the air a little bit. And then immediately the dog's head just like turns towards the trash bin and just kind of <laughs> scoots around the side and then drops the stick right at your feet, Scotty. Oh my God. Oh, you're a good boy. He's a good you dog. Know, get rid of the dog, we can just kill it. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Come on, I've been listening to Thrun's stomach grumble this entire time. Watch this. I'm really gonna I'm gonna throw this dog for a loop, I swear. So I'm gonna pull one of the daggers out of my belt. I'm gonna be like <gasps> might get them all excited for it. I'm just gonna fucking chuck it. <coughs> so so same direction as the stick? Yep. Alright, the dog just beelines it down the road. Towards the dagger. I don't even know how this belt works. Yeah, I was going to say, did you attune to that last night? Yeah. I would assume so. <laughs> <laughs> so so pretty much at, at will, you can essentially just tell your brain, hey, Dagger, come back. Hey, Dagger, come back. <laughs> so the dog continues to run down the street. And it continues, and it reaches a T-intersection, 
and the dog looks left and right and then takes the left and runs down that street. Well, anyways, what were we doing? <laughs> well, anyways. <coughs> Alright, I can't leave him looking for the dagger forever. I'm going to go after him. I'll, I'll catch up with you guys at the end or something. As soon as Cuddy walks past me, he just hears the word Gorlot. And the chain wraps around him. Uh, it's not how it works. Doesn't just doesn't just do it. Uh, where did I put my all right? <laughs> so as you walk by him, uh, you feel chains begin to wrap around your legs, Cuddy. So uh, acrobatics or athletics check. <laughs> you guys are fucking horrible to each other. <laughs> We're horrible. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Acrobatics or athletics? Acrobatics. So as you feel the chains wrap around your legs, you like fucking frog jump straight up in the air, do a little flip, and land about two feet ahead of the chain. So as the chain began to wrap around you, it immediately froze into this coil and like collapsed on the ground, still frozen in the coil shape. (laughs) I'm starting to understand you guys' game. Look, you wanted to get rid of the dog. You got rid of the dog. Why are you going after it now? I wasn't getting rid of it. I was just messing with him. Then... I don't understand I I don't understand you, Cuddy. But, I mean, you know, we took care of a threat. I'm just having fun. I don't trust that dog. I don't know why it's come to you like that. He's a good boy. And there's something about it that just doesn't feel right. Okay, fine, fine, fine. But I'm not telling him to go away if he comes back. And I'm not telling Trim not to eat him when he comes back. But he already knows what'll happen if he does. I won't be hungry anymore. You'll never be hungry again. That sounds like a win-win, actually. <laughs> Alright, where are we headed? <laughs> it's, just, it's still about 2.30 or so. We're going back in time. It was 2.45. Was it 2.45? Alright, so it's 2.45-ish. Yeah, that dog is some sort of spatial rifter on that fucking thing. I'm going to pick up my chain. Okay. <clears throat> well, I believe we finished our business in town. Clint should have House Fangrel handled. I believe our next stop is Longstaddle. Maybe we should uh, stop by and talk to Clint. Do you want to see how he's doing? Yeah, see what his plans are for the place. Also, don't you have a way to get in contact with every team encampment? I do. You should probably tell them that Rain's left out that's looking for us, so she's probably looking. And she can be in contact with us without being fucked. <clears throat> Alright, you got a point. 
Why don't we head back to the end? Go into one of the rooms where it's quiet. So I can talk to uh, Tentacle Face without us having an issue. Right, so you guys <clears throat> easily make it back. You guys are very familiar with uh, town now, so you, you're not going down any weird freaking streets to get back to the inn. You get right to the middle of Tribor. Uh, make it there and make your way upstairs to um, probably grab the big communal room that that sits there. Yeah. Okay. Doors no, open. Everything's all nice and clean in there. <clears throat> now the coin of sending does that work like the sending spell? I yes. Okay. It's been forever. I don't have that up. To uh, tentacle face. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Ilganoth. Ilganoth. I know it's specific to Ilganoth. I know it's a coin of sending. I just want to know if it's if it's just like the spell sending, because if that's the case, I only have 25 words. That's right. <clears throat> Let me look back. Uno momento. The that was a lot of sessions ago. I remember the coin of sending allows me to communicate with him once per day. It's like sending. I have 25 words, and then he can respond with 25 words, and that's the end of it. Ah, uh, yes, I got that right here. Quote, send a short message, 25 words, left to a creature for which you are familiar. Yeah, so it works just like the sending. All right. So I'll take out the coin of sending. Kind of focus on it to activate it. <clears throat> Ilganoth. House Fengrel has their ties in Tribor. We attempted to sever those ties. We've covered our tracks. I don't know how many words I have left. Well, that was a waste of real. <laughs> <laughs> Learn to recognize meta. And I'm out of words. <laughs> um, the house has eyes on the surface. Okay, so you send that over. Um, what seems to be about just two or so minutes later, and you feel a little bit of like a, a spark from the coin, and inside of your head you feel the uh, the rather disjointed, although this is kind of echoey, um, voice uh, of Ilganoth kind of bleeding into your head, which normally does happen anyway, but now it's it's almost you like a double feature on your mic. It's a double reverb of uh, of his voice. And he says, that's concerning. Everything is well here, however. We will be vigilant for anything out of the ordinary. Assuming you are continuing your mission. <clears throat> well, redeeming him is safe for now. They'll keep their eyes open. If we need to tell him anything else, it'll have to wait till tomorrow. Yeah, fucking rain. Fucking bitch. Hate that bitch. Don't get me started. Alright, let's go check up on Clint. Build in. Maybe he's changed that god awful bedroom setup. <laughs> Alright, so you guys 
Uh, make your way over to the mansion. And you guys uh, notice the doors open a little bit, and you're noticing a couple of uh, mercenaries are talking outside. Um, they see you coming, and they just completely just wave you right over, and they continue talking. And you notice as you're getting closer, they're actually talking about uh, setting up patrols outside the city. And they're, they're really, they really seem to be, just be talking security. But they seem to be very relaxed. And, and it doesn't look like they were all, like, you know, super high and tight around you guys when you first got there. To go kill. Or have dinner with Mason. So they're not really paying us any mind? Uh, nope, not at all. Cool. I'm gonna waltz right in. Waltz right in to the thing. He's waltzing. Why isn't my waltz thing working? Okay, it's kind of is. Alright. So just for shits and gigs. Oh, I love shits and gigs. Uh you guys uh here talking. I don't I don't have tokens for the uh for the guy <laughs> for the mercenaries. Um but you hear some voices going in on the right where you guys had, had quote unquote dinner with Mason, and you notice Clint at the head of a table, and there seems to be a very large map of Tribor out. And Clint's kind of pointing at different things. He's listening to advice, and it, it looks like he has already gathered, like, this, like, council of people. And they're discussing all, like, the potential weak spots around the city that they would need to keep an eye out for during nighttime uh, transgressions. We were actually prepared for this. Hey, Cuddy's not here. He's searching for a dog. <clears throat> oh, what? You came with us? I thought you were looking for the dog. Oh, Cuddy, when did you... I couldn't find the dog. Is <laughs> <laughs> it Clint? <laughs> Clint, do you have a dog? Uh, no, I do not. What? Why do you ask? We're being tailed by a yellow dog. A golden Oh. Well, it's not uncommon. This city tends to have a occasional issue with uh, stray animals. Anything Very unusual about it? Very clean. Had a magical essence about it. I couldn't get a read on it. Purple eyes. Purple eyes, too. That's an unusual color for a dog. <laughs> I wouldn't know. It didn't attack you or... Uh, Anything out of the ordinary? Seemed very focused on Cuddy. That's about hmm. it. I wouldn't know where to begin with that, but just, I guess, keep an eye out. If we happen to see that dog, we'll, uh, we'll, I'll try to pull some men together and take a look at it. Treat it really well. And Clint looks over at you and smiles. He goes, well, if we can't treat basic animals with respect, then... What, are we just savages? So we shouldn't eat it. Um, I would recommend not eating dogs. That might be uh, looked upon by the populace of uh, the overworld as a little bit of a taboo. Well, Thrym, a respectable man such as Clint said we can't eat it, so we shouldn't. 
I just think it's funny that that could be a taboo. Walking around with a tiefling chalice attached to my belt. As far as everyone knows, it's some horn from something else. <laughs> you're not you're not running around being like, look at this tiefling horn. <laughs> and the uh, the other people around him sitting in the chairs, they're all kind of talking amongst themselves at this point. And Clint walks over and begins, he gives you guys very brisk handshakes. He goes, oh, what can I help you gentlemen with? Oh, we were just checking in on you, making sure everything's going well. Uh, everything's going fantastic, actually. Uh, it seems to be the general consensus that all of the mercenaries under Mason's control are kind of aware of what we did through uh, some sort of mind control magic. They seem to have known that we killed him, and they've kind of been coming up to me throughout the day uh, thanking me. And uh, I seem to have gotten thrust in a position of leadership, inadvertently. Well, well. Oh. Go on. I suppose as long as you uh, keep those vengeance demons at bay, you'll be a good leader. You know, I think that'll always be a, a part, but played its use. I'm not sure if I'll ever have the temptation to use those powers again. I don't exactly uh, know the full extent of the power of the being that granted me those and I kind of don't want to find out anymore. <clears throat> Do you know anything about the being that hated you? I honestly don't know much except for a vision that I had on the night that I received those powers of a titanic being sitting on a throne of skulls. Giant metal cleaver in his hand and a a demon-shaped mask sitting upon his face. It just said Vengeance. Good. And then I was back in my chamber, receiving my cleaver and the dagger I was supposed to assassinate Mason with. That's all you saw? That's everything. The the close, the eerie portal that we went into was the first time I've ever done that. That came to me in a dream that something like that could be possible, hence the reason I've been taking out Mason's guards left and right, or at least the ones that I knew were corrupt, to fuel that jaunt across town without us being detected. All right. Well, thank you. Of course, I'm going to have to save this through next because I can't speak the language. <clears throat> but... We dealt with the Minotaur, we dealt with the Ogre. We didn't see those two succubus. You might want to keep your eyes open for them. That's right. Um, no word of them, but... See, something like that, and remember the Hellhounds that we fought. It almost seems like they may have been uh, tools of use from uh, the previous agreement with uh, 
the uh, dark elf woman I spoke to last night. So I wonder now that their uh, ward has been replaced that they'll probably just go back to the realm they were at before. I don't know. But yes, we'll keep an eye out. I'm not sure where your travels take you to next, but if you do decide to return, please visit. I can keep give you an update on uh, if they've asked anything more of me. And honestly, this house probably could make an excellent place for a feast. I wouldn't mind giving my hand in uh, getting in that kitchen and cooking up something special for you guys when you return. I'm sure Thrym would appreciate that greatly. It's not dog, apparently. <laughs> don't worry, Thrym. Cuddy needs to sleep eventually. No, I don't. He goes, well, if you'll excuse me, unless there's anything else, uh, we're kind of discussing how to make sure to keep this town safe from the threats outside that we really honestly don't know much of because of that previous deal. We don't know if we're going to start receiving raids from the drow again, although I kind of doubt it, considering our current deal, but, you know, there's the occasional issues with gnolls, the stone giants that are to the north, things like that. Speaking of, do you know anything of the stone giants to the north? <clears throat> as far as I ever used to hear, they never raided us. There was always the threat of it. They, they were always kind of used as a little bit of a boogeyman tale for the children in town, uh, not to venture uh, far north. It's maybe just a couple hours into the up, up north with the road into their territory. But for the most part, people have seen them, but not really interacted with them. They don't really seem to care what uh, us slowly humans are doing on those roads. But we know they're there. They make their presence known. From the people that have seen them, are there any identifying markings, scars, things like that? Um, they tend to occupy higher elevations than the people observing them. Um, presumably scouts of some sort. All we were told was they towered above anyone that we have seen. But never close enough to see any markings? Unfortunately, no. No one wanted to venture too close to uh, potentially trigger an attack. We may have to investigate ourselves, sir. Maybe. <clears throat> well, it seems you have everything in order here. Do you have anything else you need of us before we head out? DM listening or what? I thought you were talking to uh, Cuddy. No, I was talking to you, dumbass. Oh, sorry, what'd you say? I asked if Clint needs anything from us before we leave. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I thought you were talking to Cuddy while I'm like cueing the music back up <laughs> and hearing him dancing like a jackass. Clint just appreciate. No, no, I think we got everything covered. Like I said, please, please return if you, uh, 
head back in this general direction. I'm sure we will. He gives everyone another brisk handshake and goes back to the planning table with the rest of the uh, council, as it seems. All right, boys, where to next? spend the night and head off. Oh wait, you wait, no, you guys want to travel at night. I guess we just leave now. What time is it? At this point it's probably about 4, 4.15ish. So exactly the time it is right now. Oh yeah, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sun is just slowly starting to dip moderately into the horizon. Still tons of light. Usually at this time of day, it'll be bright until about seven or so, and then that's when it'll start to rapidly fade. I am more than willing to hit the road now. Do you guys want to stop at the stone drain encampment? before we head to Long Saddle. Might be a good idea, since I believe the mountain is in the opposite direction. It probably won't be back in the area for a while, if ever again. Bryn, these are your people. Might be worth checking out. Just have to be very careful. Of what? You're harmless. They should be too. Yeah, Thrib's totally harmless. <laughs> My thought is there's a possibility that they might have the same brand we do. Do you think they're part of our team? Maybe not currently, but they might have been originally when they first came up here. Well, <clears throat> even if they aren't, or weren't, or were, we'll need whatever reinforcements we can get. And if it means going against House Fangrel, they maybe will. True. And let's head north. Okay. Alright, so you gentlemen, I'll head out the mansion. Uh, the mansion actually is located on the road heading north outside of town. So heading at the mansion, you'll take a left at the road, which will bring you to a northern facing the direction. And you begin to now uh, leave the settlement of Tribor. Um, you guys notice on this side of the city, uh, on both sides of the road, there are these uh, beautiful, very tall uh, coniferous pine tree forests that are just towering way above you. Um, as you guys are traveling... Sorry? Just a boner joke. Continue. Just a big old boner. <laughs> Just changing up this. There we go. Um, you guys are noticing, you you, you hear as you travel, the, the sun is kind of below the pine trees now. Still kind of eerie light kind of peering through, through where the sun is. 
Uh, you guys are hearing the, the wisps of the, the trees are kind of moving gently. You're hearing a little bit of creaking. You're hearing a little bit of the, the birds chattering. It's very peaceful. Um, as you guys are traveling um, about an hour now, you guys are noticing now that some of the trees are starting to uh, be uh, more of a bending angle. And it, it kind of goes on that way for a while. The pine trees are starting to thin out a little bit. Um, and as you kind of notice, you guys are actually kind of rising in elevation a little bit as you're traveling. Uh, the sun now is really, it's probably six o'clock or so as you guys are traveling. So the sun is starting to go down. You guys are noticing the, the, the light blue sky is now turning into a darker blue. You're, it's almost close enough to start seeing a couple of the brighter stars appear in the sky. Um, and now, as, as you guys are traveling, uh, I need all three of you to make a perception check as you guys are traveling on the road. Oh, God. Oh, well. Cumulative 20. 26. And what'd you get, Cuddy? 23. 23. Uh, Nick, you start, are noticing some of the pine trees a little bit deeper and are broken off completely. It's it's not like an axe had chopped them. It looks like something had like maybe pushed them enough where it just ripped open. Um, and on one of the trees as you're traveling, you notice one of the pine trees is laying flat on the ground. You notice it has a couple of uh, runes that you don't recognize etched into the, the side facing the road. I'm going to stop before passing that rune. Okay. I want to investigate it. Sure. You alert anybody else to it, or are you just kind of keeping it in your head? Well, Cuddy rolled a 23, I assume, too. Yeah, I'll get to him. All right, so I'm going to gesture to them and just kind of stop for a second. <clears throat> There's something carved into this tree. I don't trust it. Let me take a closer look. So I'll lean in and investigate the boner. Okay. Uh, Thrym, you look over, not really seeing too much going on, just kind of looking around. Um, as you notice him looking at that, you believe you can read those runes. And, okay, so I'll look at him. Can I? Ah, <laughs> uh, you have to get closer, so you want to just walk over to them? Yeah, I follow okay. Nick anyway, so. And then, Cuddy, as you're, as you're watching this happen... Uh, directly behind you, you hear the panting of a dog. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are you doing out here? You this turn around and the dog, dog is just, the dog is just sitting there right behind you, w w wagging his tail happily. What are you doing out here? I'm gonna pet him a little bit. He just, and, uh... he just gets closer to you, just kind of like pushes his body weight against your leg and just is hanging out. What a cute dog. Alright, so... Sorry? I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm gonna just, like... I'm just gonna, like, walk over, like, ushering the dog with me and take a look at what they're looking at. Sure. Uh, Thrym, you look over, and these runes are written in giant slash Jotun. Jotun? Jotun. Jotun Jotun. Uh, these ones read 
people on the road do not kill. Do you recognize this, Thrym? Yeah. It's a giant. It says, people on road do not kill. Is this like a warning to us? <laughs> Don't kill these people? Or is it like a, like a warning I think to them? Other giants to not kill people on the road. Because I don't really think anybody else can read it. Except ogres from what Cardell said. Seems awfully considerate. Shall we venture off the road? Uh, do well, I see people... trees with runes on them? Uh, no. You're noticing uh, this tree has been like split as if... It, 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 using your imagination, you almost get the impression, especially with Thrym being next to you, that, it, that something just took this tree, snapped it right in half, and then used that as like a, a weird signpost. Like a very, very obvious signpost. Taking a look around the environment, you still have a little bit of sunlight left. It's not a big deal for you guys at all. But the uh, the, the moon is now starting to rise um, from the east now. So you're getting a little bit of illumination into the forest. Um, you aren't noticing any other trees that are bent or broken or any other runes in that area. Suppose we continue on the path. We are people, after all. Speak for yourself. But yeah, let's continue down the road. I don't see any paths. Sure. We tend to make pretty big paths. So as you as you're traveling, you don't see any more of those uh, rune trees, as I guess we'll call them. Uh, but your elevation is starting to like rise more rapidly now, and the pine tree forests have really broken off into like just sparse trees a lot of like larger rocks um it kind of looks like a little bit of like a badlands area you've really kind of left like the peaceful kind of calmness of that and now you guys are kind of getting buffered by winds uh seemingly coming in from the north um on on the right hand side you're noticing slopes that are drifting down as if you guys are coming up on some sort of hill now. Um, and onto your left-hand side, there seems to be a very steep ridge that rises maybe 50 feet up in the air, and then kind of disappears around the top. And the, the, the road goes straight through that area. Alright guys, so what do we do about this dog? Not eating it. <laughs> but he's with us. He's still here. <clears throat> well, he's attached to you. He's your problem. You should try naming it. Um, uh, Spunky. Spunky. Yeah. And that dog barks very loud when you say that. Yeah, ruffle his fur. <laughs> I can put him in my bag. No. Absolutely not. I can wrap <laughs> him up with a chain and make him easier to carry. Oh, Jesus. 
let's see how tight it is. Put it around your leg or something. Well, I know the secret words, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you do that? Yeah, why not? Alright, so you, you expertly, like, whip it around your leg with a little bit of momentum, and right as it, like, reaches the five-foot mark on your leg, you say the word, and it immediately seizes up, and you cannot physically uh, bend your leg. Nice. That looks a little too tight for a dog. It, it feels very tight for you because of, of your vascular form. It doesn't seem to be cutting off circulation, but you feel an immense amount of pressure holding it in place. could come in handy. You'd get the impression any other uh, smaller uh, statured creature or being, uh, this would probably start cutting off circulation to whatever you wrap it around. Alright, so I'll say Gorlot again and then put it away. Like, we definitely can't use this as like, would not be good. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut off like 20 feet of my one of my ropes fashion it into like a little leash okay so you have a little leash you take a little bit of time are you guys walking while you're doing this like into that ridged area yeah okay. how close are we to like whereabouts we were told the stone giants live uh they didn't quite say um they just said northwest of town so yeah. in the direction of the ridge, the very like 50 foot tall ridge, that's really looks like it's way too steep to climb normally. Um, generally uh, past this ridge area where you're kind of going into, it looks like the hill kind of balances out. So if you wanted to like say venture to the Northwest at that point, you could probably pass this ridge, try that if you wanted to. Um, yeah. But you're kind of getting the pressure because the, the, the pine tree rune set was on the left-hand side of the road as well. So you're just kind of getting the impression if you were to kind of venture out, that that direction would be where you'd want to go. Okay. These are your people, Thrym. You have an idea on how to get to them. By all means. No, they said they lived up in the hills. So. If nothing else, you definitely need to be the one leading. There. All right, so you guys are just slowly making Cuddy's a little bit lagging behind because he's like trying to do that while he's walking. The dog looks like he's just having the time of his fucking life. Uh, you guys are leading the front, and all of a sudden, uh, to your left, uh, the the moonlight is illuminating from the east now, um, and you just hear this yelling, and all three of you look up, including the dog. And you see something illuminated on the top of the ridge. And as that happens, uh, Nyx and Thrym, I need you to do me a dexterity saving throw. As you're noticing something is rapidly accelerating from the air above you. Eleven. Six. Eleven and six. Is it a rock? It is... 
I have to look at your... I have to take into consideration what I think, uh, what I know you're talking about. But if you're right. able to do what I think you want to do. I would say if you were prepared for it, yes, but this took you by surprise. Okay. And then while I'm saying this, be yeah, a normally something like this, if you were aware of it, you, it's like, it's like, uh, like an arrow, you know, just like the monks are able to catch an arrow. It's super similar to that. Yeah. So let me clear this real quick and then hit play or skip. You can do it. No. I don't thought. When that, uh, that, thing on the top screen did i catch what it said uh no it just seemed to have been a a large like bellow okay like announcing its uh position there um for you gentlemen sorry it took so long uh both of you take i have to do my dice roller online you guys take 25 points of bludgeoning damage as this massive boulder fuck me that it takes up a very large space, crashes down upon you. You guys get knocked back uh, five feet from the location and sitting right in the middle as if it was just placed there by the gods as this titanic boulder about the size, but taller and wider than Thrym is. So there's no way my age armor could have absorbed some of that? No, no, dexterity saving throw with a rock. This is based off of what a stone giant normally can do. 4d10 damage. Oh my fucking Christ. <laughs> so, um, you now notice something is rushing down, like almost running. That some giant shape is like coming up on you guys, coming down from the, uh, what's it called? The ridge. That's what I named it. The ridge. And it appears super quick right in front of you, Thrym. And it immediately it looms above you. This thing is 18 feet tall. And this is a stone giant has a smile on his face towards you, Thrym, and I need uh, you and him to roll initiative. You and him as in... Thrym and... If you guys want to participate in this, you can throw initiative as well. Nat 20. Nat 20? Natural 1. So, as the stone giant's coming up on you, there's nothing in his hands. He's holding up his fists. Uh, this doesn't really seem like it's going to be a fair fight. You got reach on me. Are you saying this to him? Yeah. Okay. Don't be a baby, I say as I grab the dog and rush off the side of the trail. <laughs> I'm speaking a giant. I know. I, just, I, I see you not fighting back. <laughs> so you're saying that, are you, are you using that as your action? Yeah. Okay, so um, with that, the, the stone giant goes and just takes a swing right for your belly. Eighteen hit. Yep. 
Okay, and that's there. Fucking. I'm gonna have to use that dice roller again. This thing is. Uh, 22 points of bludgeoning damage as he socks you, your gut, your lungs completely vacate of air. Yeah, you're right, I'm dead. <laughs> you're on the ground? Yep. So immediately, as that happens, you just hear, right as you fall to the ground, right before you become unconscious from hitting the ground, you just hear, oh, fuck, I did it now. And you fall on the ground. He immediately, like, picks you up. And he puts his hand out towards you guys, as in, like, my bad. Um, he reaches in, and he actually takes uh, a green... It looks, it looks like a giant... Of course, for him, like, this satchel is bigger than, like, Cuddy and Nyx if they stood side by side. Reaches in, and actually takes it and rubs it right up against the wound that he caused, because you have, like, a massive amount of bruising on your belly. And just kind of reaches it and rubs it up against your skin. And that restores a lot for him. Fuck, oh, man. <laughs> that restores 19 points of health. Okay. And as you wake up your eyes, as you open your eyes to this giant holding you in its arms, almost like as if he's cradling a baby, he goes, I'm sorry, little brother. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't know you'd drop like a pile of sticks. I told you it wasn't going to be a fair fight. Oh, Jesus Christ, Dad, no. Holy shit. I mean, I know the small ones are really fragile, but holy fuck. Because your, your, your pets aren't going to attack me, are they? No, they're fine. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. He's, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. This must be embarrassing. He, like, places you on the ground and, like, kind of, like, dusts the back of you off from getting all, like, the, the dirt on the road off your shoulders. Puts it on the... What the hell was that? Yeah, yeah, not knowing if this is a, a friendly thing right now or not, I instead of throwing a dagger, I throw my crowbar at him. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what is that? That's a uh, improvised weapon. That's just a... Uh... Are you proficient proficient with a crowbar? Uh, it's it's part of a thieves tool set, I guess. I'd, yeah, I'd say that's perfect. So make your <laughs> attack roll and then add your proficiency bonus, which for you it like doesn't it double? Yeah, that's weird though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even hold on. Start here. Um, eleven. Eleven. Oh no! It, it glances off his 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 bare back, and you just hear like this like thump as it just like ching like falls on the ground, hits a couple rocks, so it makes a little bit of a metal noise, and he doesn't even look like he registers that at all. Um, Thrym, as as you're you're looking at him, where did I put his information? So this this big chunky motherfucker is wearing just a basic leather loincloth. Um, and for people who are probably, like, eye-level with him, occasionally when he shifts his body, you kind of see a little bit of a dangling underneath that loincloth you catch from a drift. Uh, it looks like on his back, 
He's carrying what looks like the, a quarter of a pine tree on his back, attached with like a leather strap. He looks like he has a very big bald head, very scruffy beard. Uh, he has many, many scars all over his body, as you all are kind of looking at him now. Um, and his arms and chests are tattoos with like these very swirly, almost galaxy patterns. They're all just uh, like uh, kind of complement his gray skin, where they tend to be uh, shades of white and gray that kind of blends in with his skin and then goes to like sheer black. So you almost get, you almost look like you're looking at like a night sky by looking at the tattoos on his body. Sorry, I, I, I forgot to say catch when I threw that. I saw you there. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of my thing, but... Are you okay? Oh, man. You definitely helped me out some. Hold on, let me talk to my, my friends here. Cody, stop throwing things at him. It was an accident. Oh, oh, my bad. It's all good. But let, let me uh, talk to him a little bit and let's see if we can figure some things out. So, uh, how did you guys end up in the hills up here? Like, I'm from the Underdark, so I thought, like, all of us stone giants were. Uh, no, as far as I know, my tribe's been living up here in the hills for generations. Hmm. What, what tribe do you belong to? I'm an Ironside. Ironside? I, I don't recognize that one. I'm, I'm part of, uh... I'm part of the Granite Hearts. Yeah, I'm guessing you could tell the Granite Hearts by your tattoos? Uh, mostly the color of our skin, usually, but... Uh. I don't, I don't know too much about the other tribes. You'd have to, you'd have to talk to the Elder about that stuff. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I, I think I hurt your pet there, too. Um, you guys, guys want to come, come rest, get some, get some food over at the, at the settlement? You guys want to go up and chill with the stone giants for a bit, see if we can find some stuff up, some stuff up? If they're not going to throw any more rocks at us, sure. Yeah, we'll come with you. Just don't throw any more rocks at him. Oh, do you want me? I'm sorry, I got more of that. Do you want me to heal your pet, too? Yeah, it's not a bad idea. And he goes over to you, Nyx. And yet again, he takes like this like very bright and it's it's almost pale green at this point and you don't know what it is but as he like grabs you he, he kind of nestles your back in his giant arm holds you in place and just takes it and shoves it up against your body and you feel a weird tingling sensation uh through your clothes and you feel like your your bruises underneath uh kind of fade away and you restore 16 points of damage Ah, this stuff works crazy on you guys. Usually this, you know, will heal a little cut on me. Of course, he's talking to in uh, Thrym and Giant. And just, we're just a lot smaller than you. Yeah, you're, you're not kidding. There's a, there's a couple of smaller ones in our tribe, too. Uh, maybe you'll have to have a chat with them, too. Most of the people in our tribe are, like, my size. Yeah, still pretty young. You got some interesting pets here. Yeah, they're kind of cool. 
Yeah, they are. That that one has some spunk. Usually things like that see me and they go running the other way. What, what kind of what kind of food does he have there? That 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 little apparently, creature. Apparently it's a dog and we're not supposed to eat it. I guess it's like my pet's pet. Oh wow, you're really nice to them. I'm like <laughs> shielding the dog because I see him looking at it. <laughs> They've helped me out quite a bit, so I don't occasionally I, I watch the, 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 the small people go by here. Uh usually I don't see him with uh with a little brother like you. Yeah, most I haven't seen any of the any of them up here with stone giants either. Guess it must be an underdark thing. Well From what what I've told we're we're not supposed to attack or kill any of the little ones. Because usually they'll come back in bigger numbers and maybe chase us out, but you know, they they don't really like us here on the surface. We we tend to you know do our own thing, and uh, occasionally we see a couple of the little ones go into to talk with the elder from somewhere, but we 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 don't really talk to them. We can't really communicate with them. Yeah, I've been having that trouble too. Again, that's why it's good to have pets because they can speak. Ah, that's a good, that's a that's a good idea. Maybe I'll have to get me some of them. You th- you thinking of selling one of those? No, they're not really property. They just kind of chill with me. Also, oh, so they're they're technically not your pets. No. Wow. Man, there's so much more to the outside world than the you know the elder always tells us. But anyway, I'm I'm sorry. My my name's my name's Zog. Thrym. And he takes this big me. It's as if Thrym shakes the hand of Nyx is the same that Zog <laughs> shakes the hand of you. <laughs> yeah, we have that that the cave is up up nearby. Let's let's go around this. I don't think you can really climb it all that well, but uh, I'll I'll bring you to there. You guys can rest, and we'll we'll feed you. Thank you. So are you guys all following Zog? Yeah, as I wipe the dirt and rock bits out of my. <laughs> fucking cloak. It's probably a good, like... Oh, I'm fucking covered. Yeah. <laughs> so the moon is now really rising in the sky. It's probably closer to 8 o'clock at this point. Um, Zog leads you all into the steep hills past the rocky ridge. To the west, a mountain range looms about 30 miles away. The trees and grass here give way to gravel and sheer faces of rock. About 20 minutes of walking brings you to a large incline up a very large hill. A cave seems to loom at the bottom of this hill as you get closer. And as you guys are going, Zog points. And there are four large stone giants, just like him, standing right outside the cave face. They seem to be laughing and punching each other in the shoulder. Zog opens his mouth and puts his hands to his face and bellows out towards them. And the four repeat that exact same tone back towards Zog. Zog looks down at you and pats you on the shoulder and says, all right, we're, we're good to go. So you guys go super close to the cave entrance. And now you're noticing one of the uh, stone giants is female. And the same thing, they're, they're all wearing these basic leather loincloths. Uh, you're not able to tell what they're made out of, but it looks like a stiff leather. Uh, the female has like, like a thing covering her chest and like a little same kind of loincloth that the other ones do. 
Um, noticeably, the, the female still has a little bit of facial hair, but they have longer hair versus the males. The other three males are bald. And the the female kind of chuckles and Thrym, you're the only one who gets it. She goes, where'd you get the little ones, Zog? He goes, I found the little brother and his pets down by the small road. Uh, I kind of hurt him a little bit. I feel really bad, so I figured they can eat a little bit and kind of go on their way. Azog reaches over and he takes out his pine tree great club and hands it to the female. And he kind of beckons you in. And he actually, like, hold, like, as if he was holding a door, he, like, offers for you guys to go in the cave. All right, I'll walk in. I'm following through him. Uh, Cuddy? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm following <laughs> Okay, uh, you're noticing, Cuddy, the four giants are eyeballing that dog of yours. Yeah, I'm <clears> holding <throat> him now. <laughs> so, as you guys are, look like you're descending down a ramp that goes deeper into this hill. Uh, Zog mentions that this place is called Granite Hollow. As you guys are going down the bottom of the ramp, uh, you guys are noticing the stone floor becomes very smooth and polished. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any etchings or anything on it, but you're noticing it's there's like a reflective quality to it. Uh, the way ahead splits into three different tunnels, and Thrym, you're recognizing there are rune sets next to each tunnel, and it looks like it's a it's like a directional like marker. And there's a rune to the left that's called Elder's Nook, a rune to the middle called Giant's Rest, and the rune to the right called the Lower Reaches. And Zog is all the way behind you guys, and some, as they were traveling down, you guys have maybe come across 15 stone giants. And they're kind of just looking at you odd, but no one's making an attempt to talk to you. No one's, like, giving you dirty looks. They're just kind of glancing, seeing that there's little tiny, you know, like, five and six foot people here, and just moving on their way. Although they are watching their footsteps around you as to not accidentally, like, squash you. Uh, Zog now goes ahead of you, and he goes down the middle path, and he, like, beckons. He goes, I live down here. He goes, yeah, we should, uh, get some food, food, and, uh, maybe get to know each other, if you want. I haven't had a lot of people to talk to. My brothers went down to go hunt. I went up to the surface to hunt, because that's where I like to go. But I've been, uh, living there by myself for, you know, about a week now. Sure. So you guys go. Uh, Zog leads you past many more branches of the tunnels. And a few lefts and rights later, you're, you're noticing on each side of the tunnels, there's like a cube carved out of the rock. And there's no doors. It's just an open-faced cube inside the rock. And it looks like that's where all the stone giants are living. Because you're seeing these beds and tables. Um, you're seeing these strange glowing crystals of red that are kind of hovering in random spots in there as well. Um, some of them are occupied. Some of them are completely empty. Um, but they're very basic. It's a bed. There's a giant-ass table and a chair. Um, and then the crystal that's kind of, like I said, hovering in different spots of the room. Um, you're noticing some children are kind of like running along. But of course, these children are like 12 feet tall. And occasionally they're, like, laughing at you as you're, like, running by. Uh, Thrym is getting a little bit of, well, look at the... I could totally kick that one across the across the ground over there. Want me to do it? Dare me to do it? 
And the the one who says that looks over at Thrym. <laughs> uh I'm just gonna pull out my chain and wait for him to see what he's gonna do. Uh the one who <laughs> looks like he was getting courage sees you. He's about he's he's maybe about a foot taller than you. He looks like you ever seen like the the kid from like a Christmas story, that rat faced kid that everyone fucking hates. Yep. He has that face just like that. And when he sees you pull out that chain, and it's 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 as if he loses his nerve from that. And he like all of a sudden you hear the couple other kids behind him. Ah, you fucking little pussy! I knew you wouldn't do it. And he goes to chase after them, and they run down the hallways. Uh, so a couple more left and rights later, and you end up at a dead end. And it's actually the final cube right at the end of the tunnel. And Zog goes in, and there's a couple different chairs, a couple different beds. It's a much larger cube than most of them. Um, you definitely get the impression that Zog isn't the only one who inhabits this one. And he goes over and sits near uh, one of those crystals. And he goes out and touches it. And the crystal illuminates... And he puts his hands out as if he's being warmed by a fire. And he, like, beckons you over. Hey, come, come sit, get warm. I'll go sit down and, like, hold my hands out to the crystal. And you feel this immense heat come off it. And Zog looks at you and goes, oh, do you, do you guys have these? Uh, not that I know of. I haven't seen one. Uh, Elder doesn't let us bring fire into uh, deep in these tunnels, so... Uh, came up with this this thing. These these rocks give off a lot of heat. We have uh, places that make our food and everything. Those have the fires, but uh, it's something about suffocation. I don't know what the hell that means. But so we use these down here to to stay warm. Bring uh bring your pet. I mean your 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 people over. Get get them warm too. Morning, guys. <coughs> this might be the weirdest situation I've ever been in, Nix. I have no idea what to do. I'm just gonna go in and hope they don't eat me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if I make one wrong move, they're gonna snap me like a twig. I'm just gonna turn and look at you guys and say, sucks not being able to understand the language, huh? Yeah, but at least we translated it for you. Ooh. Telling you guys things you need to know. He goes, oh, they, yeah, they they can't really speak this, huh? No, I I only know giant. I think I think the elder can speak more languages, but um, yeah, we can talk about her later. Uh, how how many how many families make up your tribe? I uh, there were quite a few, but I didn't end up spending a lot of time with my tribe. Oh, why not? We were attacked and. When I was very young, and I was taken prisoner. Oh, that's that's horrible to hear. You know, we should all be free. You know, be able to do whatever the hell we want. There's something wrong with people that imprison other people. Part of the reason, you know, we all live out in the hills. We don't have to get involved with things like that. And if we do, we end up fighting. Because anyway, our our tribe, I'm I'm I'm. I'm the middle child of the, of the Zorn family. And we have the Zorns, the Rock Crushers, T-Bog, Rildor, Nilog, Ruzar, and, and Krozis. 
And all those families make up all the different people here. So I'll start translating this to uh, Nix and Cuddy and see if they're not just bored to tears. <laughs> Why is he telling you about his family? Because he hasn't had somebody to talk to in a while. I'm new and that's what people do. I've got one dancing light up, and I'm just kind of let swirl around my finger back and because I don't, I didn't know anything about no fire allowed, so I'm just playing with fire right now. <laughs> Zog looks over as you're having that conversation. His his head is like following it as you're doing it. He's like almost mesmerized by it. He goes, "Oh, he can, uh, he can use magic. Wow, he he is really useful." Yeah. Wow. Listen, uh, the, uh, the elder, elder uses magic too. We, we should at some point get you to talk to her. I bet you, I bet you she'd like to talk to you. I mean, yeah, we can go talk to her. All right. What, what? I, n I never asked what, 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 why were you walking on the, on the path? Where were you going? Well, we're headed up to the next town. Oh, oh, you go in those places? Yeah. Oh, I've always wanted to go in those places. I've kind of seen them from afar. They look like they do all sorts of cool things inside there, but Elder says we we shouldn't be involved with them. Yeah, it's... I, I think I have an easier time because I come in with these people. And uh, oh, you know, they smart. can speak for me and things like that. And I don't know that you'd have a great time in those places because I barely fit in a lot of uh, That's a shame. Maybe if I got me a couple pets, maybe I could go in there. You think that would work? Maybe. Oh, I'll, have to, I'll have to bring that up with the elders sometime. Anyway, yeah, now I got nothing going on. I didn't really catch any food outside, so I'm gonna have to go talk to the the butchers over in uh, the other area. But do you, do you want to talk to her? Yeah. Okay. He gets up and he just as you get up, you hear like the creaks and snaps of his bones and body <laughs> kind of popping, echoing throughout the chamber. He goes, "Don't, don't, don't, don't get old like us. It's 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 not that good on your body." And he gets up and, and escorts you guys out. And it takes you a couple minutes, but you get back to where that uh, three-pronged tunnel is, where the rune sets are. Um, and there's one called uh, Elder's Nook. And he brings you down there. Uh, down in this wing of the cave system, uh, you're noticing the same cubes on each side of the tunnel, except uh, everyone's noticing that these cubes are much smaller. Um, the, the, the ceilings don't go as high. And as you look in, you are noticing stone giants that are about the size of Thrym, all doing stuff, except these ones are wearing cloth clothing. They're not wearing the, the leather pieces that the other ones are. Um, these ones seem to have more expression on their faces, and they kind of look up very curiously as you guys travel by. As you're noticing, uh, since it's there's no you know doorway into these places, you're noticing... Uh, there's fabric hanging from the walls, softer furniture than you saw in Zog's quarters, and even a bookshelf or two with random books up on very high shelves um, in those areas as well. And no one's saying anything as usual. They're just kind of looking at you strangely as you walk by. And at the end of Nook, Elder's Nook, you're noticing a wooden door, which is the first one you've seen in this whole area. And Zog just 
Uh, I wasn't summoned, so I think I think you just need to go and, and knock in there. She gets pissed when I do it. Uh, you're gonna get pissed if I do it? Uh, probably not. You're 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 new, little brother. So, you know, introducing yourself, uh, might be good. Okay, I'll knock on the door. Okay, and you hear a softer voice, not as deep and boomy as the other stone giants, say, "Enter." <laughs> so I'll walk in. So uh, you all following suit as well? Yeah, cautiously. Are you, uh, <laughs> Cuddy? Are you holding your dog like a little baby? Yes. Okay. No. As soon as the the door opens in a forward motion from from left to right inwards, uh, you guys are noticing a heavy scent of incense, incense like assaulting your noses. It's very flowery. Uh, Cuddy, you'd recognize this as lavender. Um, very, very heavy, but it has a very pleasant aroma as you've breathed in that, that first like hit of it to like hit your lungs. Uh, there are cloth tapestries of all shapes and sizes and colors all over the walls, covering every bit of like raw stone surface. Uh, a basic chair and bed reside in one corner, along with one of those glowing crystals kind of just chilling there, kind of dim. Uh, in the center of the room, this massive circular rug of green curls uh, takes up most of the floor space in this room. And sitting facing away from you in, in a shape that's very obscured, you can't tell, sitting there uh, is a figure in heavy brown robes. The, a voice coming from this is, Enter and sit facing me, everyone. Uh, so I guess I'll like walk so I'm in front of her and then sit down. Okay. And I'll tell them that, that she said that. Uh, she actually says this in common at the same time. Uh, okay, I was going to say in that case I didn't understand. <laughs> you guys didn't recognize it right away because of course you'd expect every giant here to be speaking giant. Um, so it took you by surprise that at the same time, you heard her speak in giant, but she also spoke in common. Almost, like, blended together. Well, I'm not going to deny the magic giant thing, so I go... <laughs> yeah, same. I'm gonna sit Indian style with my friend, Swunky. <laughs> Moving around to the front of the sitting figure... The face of the stone giant elder becomes apparent. Piercings on the ears, eyebrows, and nose dangle down on chains and make a slight clinking noise as she turns her head towards you to kind of get a good look at you. A wrinkly face of gray and a slight smile grows on her lips. Her arms are folded in the road, hiding the, on the, hiding the rest of her body. Judging by the face, you estimate her to be about the same size as Thrym. She looks at the dog and kind of chuckles. And in that odd, kind of distorted way of being able to speak two languages at once, she goes, My name is Jesna Ruzar. I had a feeling I would be receiving visitors today. What are you doing here? Sog hit us with a rock and then punched me. And then, 
and said I should come talk to you. So you're not from the tribe, are you? I've never seen you before. I'm from the Underdark. Mm. Tell me, have you noticed the other stone giants in your tribe? How tall are they? It's a good question. <laughs> DF. Uh, you, you recall the stone giants being like 18 to 22 feet tall. Okay. So you're a freak. You're a freak, man. She, she, she looks you over. Tell me, do you know why you haven't grown any taller? No, but I kind of would like to. The way I've always figured it, the smaller stone giants are signs of immense power resting inside of them. Tell me, do you have any abilities? I mean, I've memorized a little magic from my fighting days watching the war mages. Magic? Oh, that's something you don't normally just pick up. That seems like it was something deep inside of you that awoken. What uh, tribe did you belong to? The Ironsides. And she got her face goes slack. And she goes, oh, dear. They survived. And she looks over, and a book on a bookshelf just starts floating. And you just see one finger of hers, like, pointing towards it. And the book comes down on her lap, and she opens it up. As she reveals her hands, her arms are covered in, like, the same, like, galaxy-esque tattoos that Zog had. Ah, yes, the Ironsides. Did you know they used to live on the surface hundreds of years ago? No, I did not. Uh, they lived near the spine of the world. They were very close allies, strangely enough, to the dwarves of Mithril Hall. No one knew when, but an elder dragon named Icing Death drove them from their nomadic hunting grounds. That was the last we heard of them. All the other tribes thought they were extinct. So what brings a stone giant from the iron sides to the surface? And that is where we'll leave off.